0: This is the Movie Hall of Fame Class of Nicholas Winding Refn for Friday, October 16th, 2020, Adam Hall.
1: (laughs) That's my joker laugh. I can't believe you're doing this. Look at us. (laughs) Look at us.
0: It's Halloween. Yeah. Which means it was time for the devil's bargain. You
1: watched. Did you actually watch these?
0: I did. I did indeed. I watched every single one of these movies front to back. I'm proud of you. Every single one. (laughs) It's (laughs) Halloween time. And so we decided a little sadomasochism was in order. So you assigned me five movies. I assigned you five movies each very near and dear to our hearts i would
1: say yes very specifically us these two (laughs) subjects we're doing over the next two weeks um i mean you get a much broader idea of my taste through these five movies we're gonna talk about versus Uh the five i'm gonna talk about with yours definitely um which i kind of like i mean here we have a very dynamic list oddly which i'm not i don't think you were totally prepared for i'm gonna guess i'm sure at least with those first two movies you were like oh yeah, I was surprised. Okay. Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I was surprised with what I ultimately watched. Yeah. Sure. I think I had a preconception going in, and I think many of those preconceptions were confirmed, and many of those preconceptions were
1: challenged. Yep. So I think it was ultimately a successful assignment. <laughs> I I just predict a very messy array of opinions with this one, which is kind of why I was excited about it. Oh, it's it, a mess. Yeah, that that's that's all I care about because <laughs> I I mean it's very obvious like my feelings about these movies, you know. Yeah, it's sort of sort of um, formative movies <laughs> for me personally. Uh huh. Yeah,
0: and uh, also the ones we're doing next week are very formidable formidable to me formidable both formidable. formidable and form form
1: formidable formidable oh so they like went against you, formative formative There you go.
0: there's the word all of them i'm like in a weird place because i just watched five nicholas winning reffin movies okay or four of them and it's been a really rough week
1: yeah <laughs> you been... didn't even watch the best one <laughs> <laughs> you didn't re-watch the best. Did not. that's <laughs> the best part about it i didn't have well
0: i did watch some clips and actually we'll talk about that when we get okay. to it um but it's like yeah it's October the days are shorter the weather is getting shitty like it's been raining a lot this week terrible day yeah it's just been really weird man like you can hear the pitter-patter outside on the on the window pane and like is it adding to the atmosphere yeah it just tells you everything you need to know about my state of mind Uh, right now i would say yeah so this week, Nicholas winning Ruffin movies, next week, Pink Panther movies. Here we go. Here we go.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm very happy. We're finally here. We're yeah. finally doing it. I just want to word all of you guys. This is one of those episodes where half of the stuff, I, I feel like this is going to get about as hyperbolic <laughs> as we've ever been. <laughs> so take much of what we say and, and do with, with some grain of salt. Yeah,
0: we're going to get pretty hyperbolic. <laughs> about each other i would say sure yeah all right this is okay i think the most personal podcast we're ever gonna do i think just in terms, in terms of like mudslinging Ooh. yeah all right all right all right i think so okay let's talk nicholas winning ruffin though shall we okay. five movies were nominated for induction into the movie hall of fame one of them will get in your nominees are pusher pusher two bronson drive and the neon demon those are in chronological order those are five that you handpicked yep handpicked man i'm in a weird place you today. are jesus i've never have never having seen a this
1: before <laughs> the likes of which we've never seen people nico look at you there were five other movies though that you could have chosen that you didn't no
0: those include 1999's bleeder starring john Turturro. right or is that fear x starring fear john Turturro?
1: <laughs> i was like what wrong i didn't
0: watch them okay 2003's fear x 2005's Pusher 3, 2009's Valhalla Rising, and 2013's Only God Forgives. And
1: I have seen every single one of them. Congrats. Yeah, yeah. proud of you. Varying opinions on a few of those. Which ones? Uh, Bleeder and Fear X. are the only two Refn films that I either don't care for or don't like at all. Okay. I don't much care for Bleeder. I don't think it's bad, but it's Sort of forgettable. Um, There's a dullness to it that I'm just not. You know, I get very little out of that one, and it's sort of just a spiritual successor to Pusher without being Pusher too. Okay, so it's it's very much in that same vein, same look and feel, same sort of rock and roll vibe. But otherwise, yeah, it's like it's sort of disposable. Mm Reven, and then Fear X is just a giant waste of time. It is the only one of his movies that I can definitively say is a bad movie because. Literally every single one of his other movies, I actually love every single one of them. Man, that, love is a weird word. That range from me thinking they're like uh, good to great to a masterpiece. Love is a very strange word that you're using quite liberally right now. I don't think so. Why? Why? <laughs> you because just you are what? Just because you don't love them? Can we just do this? Because <laughs> you don't love these? movies. I want to do this. I just want. I want to do this right now because I care about you a lot, and I you know oh, you, I, what you I care about your
0: well being, are you're worried about me. <laughs> I think you've been had what (laughs) I think you've been bamboozled. Okay. That's what I think you've been swindled. Honestly, I think, and like, it pains me to say this, Adam, it really does. (laughs) Yeah. But I feel like I'm like talking to a member of the branch Davidians right now. Like, I feel like I am talking to a cult member in like, you know, just in the midst of like some serious brainwash and like serious drugging and everything. Like, I just feel like you are not yet a reformed cult member, and I hope one day that I can convince you otherwise. (laughs) But like, it's just really hard for me to see someone that I care about, like, think this guy is a good director. Because to me, he is so clearly and obviously not a good director. Wow. That's the like he is so clearly and obviously not a good filmmaker. That's weird. Interesting. And it just really like bothers me that you see so much art in the dude that makes the Lincoln commercials with Matthew McConaughey. That's true. Do you know what I mean? Like I just watch one of those fucking commercials, like Matthew McConaughey talking to a bull in the middle of the road. And there is no humor in that thing whatsoever. There's none. Like you can tell there is no wink. There's no nod. There's no indication at all that the filmmaker is in on the joke. How can you watch that and think, you know what? This guy is really pushing the envelope
1: because that's why I love it. (laughs) I I love that. I sometimes love it. I love the lack of, of, of winks in his earlier stuff. I really love it in his later stuff. Um, <laughs> there's a lot – there's a bit of irony to some of the stuff that goes on in like say the Neon Demon that I get a real kick out of. Um, and yeah, um, is, is I mean dude, like you're, you're a fan of high art and low places. I'm surprised you don't like this stuff a little more. what do you think i think of it no look i'm (laughs) i'm cool with like
0: low art i'm cool with trash what i'm not we'll get there too don't worry (laughs) what i'm not cool with is cult members like you being like oh isn't this trash so it's so (laughs) beautiful trash Oh, see, like, here, I want no, to... You know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. You oh know boy. that Twitter account that's, like, the one perfect frame or whatever? It's, like, at the perfect frame. Yes. One perfect image, whatever. I think so. And it's just a still of, like, just some dude that that's, like, I don't know, like, has, like, blood running down his face. And there are, like, some light gels that they're using. It's, and it's, like, there's a lot of contrast in the color. And, like, film Twitter freaks out because it's, like, look how beautiful this poster is. I want this poster on my wall. Yeah. And that, like just lacks a fundamental understanding of how film is supposed to work <laughs> and how cinematography works. Yeah. Like movies are not made so they can be hung on a wall. Movies are be made are made so they can work in motion and they can take you to a, a world that you haven't yet explored and they can teach you something and they can say something about the human condition sure. and every single movie, at least now, maybe not at the beginning, but every single movie in Nicholas winning reference career is made with that one perfect frame
1: like mentality. All movies are made with a perfect frame mentality. Though. I No, that's not
0: true. What it's definitely with, not true. <laughs> well,
1: not with bad filmmakers. <laughs> I think every filmmaker gets into the business and they plan out their shots to be like, this is exactly what we need to do. This shot is the perfect shot for this moment, so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, but they work in sequence with one another, though.
1: And these don't? no i honestly no i don't think they do and i disagree with you
0: (laughs) i i don't think they do i think like listen the the phrase style over substance is something that we have said time and time again on this podcast and it's become a cliche we've had this argument before but like this is this is the problem right this is patient zero Like this is all you need to see here when we talk about style over substance and when critics like get on their high horse because like there's too much flash and a director gets in the way and they insert themselves too much into a particular
1: subject matter. This is what they're talking about here.
0: You know what I mean? And it is really bothersome.
1: Uh, Well, maybe to you, (laughs) not to a lot of people, though. There's a reason why this guy has is oddly influential it would just influential. Oh yeah. Who is the influenced? Any filmmaker who's like my age working today? Who? Who? Everybody. Name dude. one. Uh Adam Wingard, Ari Aster. <laughs> There's a those are two. The the Safties? Oh my god, the Safties? It's not even close. The Safties are funny though, man. Aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean the, yeah. they are
0: they aren't? <laughs> Wait a minute. What?
1: <laughs> what? What? what you don't you don't Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> i hate to tell you nico they ain't that funny <laughs> oh please
0: come on no this saf- no the one thing that you and we're going to talk about that in a second with the pusher movies because i did see like a little bit of safties, but no the safties have a sense of humor that just nicholas winning is not capable of i'm not sure i completely agree with that the guy's not fucking funny there's no humor um, in his movies Uncut Gems
1: is a hilarious movie. Good Time is a hilarious movie. I, I just think with movies that we're talking about, that's entirely subjective because I hear completely varying sides of that argument. I mean, people, so, a lot of people fucking despise Uncut Gems, dude. And a lot of that that's is... That's fine. No, you're allowed to despise it. Oh, and you're allowed to despise these movies if you really want to. Um... But yeah, like the argument that it's not funny, like, I I don't, I don't know, dude, I find Bronson kind of hilarious. I find... We'll talk about Bronson I find, in a moment. I find the Neon Demon quite funny. I find... Intentionally? Uh, yeah. I find uh, moments in the pusher films uh, somewhat funny, but that's not really the point of those two. Um, yeah, and the same goes for something like what the Safties do, man. You're either going to oddly relate to what those movies are, are doing and find them funny, or they're going to stricken you with so much anxiety that you shut the movie off which is what a lot of people seem to do i don't care i, don't, I don't no, know i know i know i know I, I am
0: arguing just objectively is the comedy present there and the comedy it, is cl-
1: clearly they are very I, funny i wouldn't cry i wouldn't call it objective no but that's oh, what i come on that's kind dude. of what i'm saying if, if no, we are arguing on that level i think you could find just as much comedy in some of these movies sure how can you say casting adam sandler as a degenerate gambler like
0: <laughs> come on Who's chasing Kevin Garnett around New York City in search of a find magical it, diamond? Oh, I like, find no, but it. That is clearly I on its it, face <laughs>
1: a funny movie, though. <laughs> what and and uh, Tom Hardy rubbing margarine. All over we'll his talk body. about Bronson
0: in a moment.
1: <laughs> Don't get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> no, but the are clearly like
0: self-aware like the fact that they cast mike francesa in the fucking movie yeah. that is a self-aware move mm-hmm. like casting adam sandler as this particular kind of character is a very self-aware move and same with stuff the stuff in good time like yeah. a lot of that stuff is very like self-aware uh
1: disciplined comedy okay and what about like albert brooks and drive or something like that he's he's hilarious <laughs> or fucking Ron perlman <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay and here's a larger point that i want to make about okay. them too like i give and very little credit for those performances and okay. and i think that's what i want to specifically talk about with bronson
1: okay okay yeah
0: but anyway okay i just wanted to get that off my chest <laughs> I,
1: I i don't think the the objective <laughs> argument holds any fucking water here it's just like dude i don't know i find plenty of comedy in these movies you know I'm not what sure what do you, what it's do you care? There? What do you care? You you've argued in the past that you don't give a shit if it's intentional. cuz I didn't laugh. <laughs> cuz I did. Oh, so, so the one time you don't laugh, you can't be a little more honest with about it like, "Oh, maybe some people would find that funny. I just didn't." Dude, that doesn't necessarily make the mountain lion in the hotel room Ooh. Like
0: is he joking? Like the, I'm watching that thing. The... I'm like, "Is he joking?" Like <laughs> I'm sitting there like, "Are you fucking kidding me right now?" <laughs> are you joking because i don't think he is i truly don't i don't think he is i think he's trying to say something with that mountain lion
1: i really do Uh, you know again though this kind of goes back to stuff we talk about with a lot of filmmakers just if the the honesty is is sort of enough for me if they were if they were bullshitting with it it might make it worse i don't know i don't know who's to say who's to say at least at least hey at least he goes for it all right (laughs) whether or not you think it's bullshit and sometimes it is uh yeah man hey at least he has integrity you know i can't say that about half the filmmakers in the mcu repertoire the man definitely has integrity so much
0: integrity actually he's turned down a number of high profile projects over the years yeah uh for a while there i think like his wonder woman project was in the works. I think DC actually had a meeting with him about the Wonder Woman project. Uh,
1: the Wonder Woman thing's a complicated beast altogether, though. Like, because George Miller was, I think, also attached to direct that and turned that down. Yeah, ultimately, it didn't work out. He, Nicholas Wonderman, just loves Wonder Woman, so he. And as, as soon as any higher up gets word that a that a high profile director wants is, is interested in our subject matter, they'll talk to that person at least. Right. You know, it happens all the time.
0: Yeah, he's talked publicly about his pitch there. I think also like there was a Batgirl project in the works, right. He was working on that as well. Sort of moved off of that project. He was going to do Spectre. I remember this, like, you know, vividly. Uh, I think he actually was offered Spectre, and he turned it down. Was offered the Equalizer, turned that down. And believe it or not, before Soderbergh was attached to it, he was offered Magic Mike. Huh.
1: Turned that one down as well. I think all those movies would have been plenty good <laughs> if he had directed them. They would I, have been different, but I think they would have been plenty good. I kind of want to see a Spectre. Me
0: too. Like, I want... like. We'll talk about Drive in a second, but I just think he does his best work when he's not writing his movies. And I just sort of want to see what he can do just visually with a James Bond movie, which is a basic James Bond script. I want him to still play it straight. You know what I mean? I still want him to make a Bond movie in the traditional sense, but... Yeah, then you can use your color gels, my guy.
1: Sure, <laughs> you know what I mean. I, I think what's going to come down with this conversation is that a lot of the things that just annoy you. I'm just like, yeah, who cares? Like the the the, the style over substance argument is, I guess, fair. I just don't understand it. I've never really understood it. Like, because to me, like, and I've said this before, it's like I don't care if if you personally see that thing that he's doing and find nothing in it. I watch. I'm like, yeah, I get it. You know. Well.
0: Maybe style over substance is not the right, right word. it is style in the absence of substance.
1: Mm, Maybe like, that's what it is. I don't is that a problem?: Sure it is. Why? Because there's no substance. Well again, well but it's th- not, th- that's, it, that's, what, that's what the directorial feat is, though
0: It's not style's fault that there's no substance no. like you're, you're allowed to be a stylish movie
1: if you also have substance. I think that's the point. Yeah we could split hairs on whether or not we think there's substance in these movies. We're, we'll never, we'll nev- we will never get anywhere. that's another issue here i don't know i watch this stuff and i'm like yeah just as 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 a cinematic piece where i'm supposed to respond to it and get like an emotional reaction out of it and connect to it on some human level yeah i I get it pretty much every single time even in the bad movies like even fear x which is not good uh i get plenty of it in that
0: yeah i i think here's the point like people complain about style over substance, but people love a Martin Scorsese movie. And those are about as stylish as they come. Like Goodfellas is an incredibly like energetic directorial feat. And at no point do you forget that Martin Scorsese is behind the camera. Like that is a movie where Martin Scorsese imposes himself on the subject matter. But that's also a movie with a lot of subtext and a lot
1: to say and like very weighty material. It's also the director's responsibility to impose himself on the subject matter. Yes, it is. No, it's the director's job to tell the story in an appropriate way. And that's what he's doing. He imposes himself on the story. It's his story that he takes and he tells. That's what you have to do, whether you like it or not. Yeah, but not at the expense of the story, though. At no point
0: should you you tell the story in a way that you see fit. What are you talking about? That is not right for the material.
1: No, it doesn't s- it, it doesn't matter. You're the storyteller, you're gonna tell it however the fuck you wanna tell it. You will invariably tell it in the way you see best fit.
0: I know your Mister Auteur theory. That's I what know, it is, and I listen. Though. I know that's that exactly what it is. In your world, the director is the only person that makes a movie, and there's nobody else involved in the creation of that movie. But I'm just here to tell you that there's more than
1: just directing. Uh, there's more collaborative stuff in, in the technical side of things. But it's always the director that's like, no, you can just not do that. <sighs> Throw that out. Why dude. is
0: it that ever since <laughs> fucking 1970, like. Oh, Everybody just agrees. Every film nerd agrees that it's the director only. That's it Depends on the director, too. That's the other thing. And what the director says goes. Like, it, I don't know. Like, sometimes the
1: director makes bad choices with sure. a good script. Sure. That happens. Sure. Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with that. But yeah, what the director says goes, depending on the director. Yeah. If it's the Russo brothers, not so much. Because <laughs> they don't care. They just want to get paid. But if it's something like Scorsese, or if it's Refn, yep. Is your defense of Refn, though, that,
0: like... Eh like maybe you're not gonna agree with every decision but he's the director
1: so by virtue of that he's always right is that what you're saying not that he's always right I just told you I don't like every single Nicholas Winding Refn film but if you like his style if you like his voice yeah like a lot of those decisions are gonna you know connect with you that's okay there's nothing wrong with that (laughs) I tell you man I don't like Jordan Peele so there's that I wouldn't necessarily say Jordan Peele's a bad filmmaker though so there you go
0: Uh, Ruffin once said about himself. I'm going to read the quote right now. (laughs) I'm glamour. I'm vulgarity. I'm scandal. I'm gossip. Mm -hmm. I'm the future. I'm the counterculture. I'm commercial reality. I'm artistic singularity.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Ruffin. You're so full of shit.
0: (laughs) He then in an interview with the great Roger Ebert said, quote, emotionally our artistic expression consists of sex or violence it all boils down to those two pure emotions that we have there's a sexuality to violence that i find very intoxicating but i think that's that that i think that that's what
1: turns me on oh, explains yeah. a lot doesn't it oh yeah <laughs> the man certainly knows how to paint an image for himself there's that.
0: <laughs> no, I honestly think, though, that is very telling. Like, this guy clearly believes there are only two human emotions, and those are
1: the only two human emotions in his arsenal that he's capable of playing around with. Do you honestly now, – now, this this is another thing. It's going to vary on whether or not you think he's being completely genuine when he says that. I don't know. Maybe he is. I can't honestly tell you, though, man. You know? So you don't think he's being serious? I, I, a man like that doesn't have a wife and, and two daughters, so – yeah, no, I get it. So there's that. I th- I think there's a lot a, a heavy degree of that is just for his image, you know. Okay. Which I don't think is you know hard to believe. It's whatever. What I do do agree with though. The interesting thing about Nicholas Winding Refn is that I don't like listening to him speak. Like that type of showmanship right there does nothing for me. So the person of Refn is is just you know I, I try to avoid any and all interviews with him because I find him as a person to be quite annoying. Not so much that I think he's a piece of shit or anything. He's just very, 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 very annoying. So, But I like his movies. You've said that. Yes, I like his movies.
0: You've said that. No, I just think like that tells you all you need to know right there. Like This is a guy that only has two tricks in his arsenal, and he keeps pulling them out <laughs> to just stupefying degrees. Oh, stupefying.
1: Oh, boy. Listen to you, Mr. I Love Woody Allen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good one. <laughs> He also said once that he can't see mid colors. Yeah, he's, he's color- colorblind he's colorblind. That's why all of his films are very contrasted. If it were anything else, I couldn't see it. Eh. Okay, that one. I think he's lying about <laughs> I honestly think he's lying. I think yeah. he's lying. You think he's lying? I'm calling him out right all now. Right. <laughs> I think Nicholas Winning is lying about the fact
1: that he's colorblind. Yeah, there's a hot take for you. Yeah, I think no he just likes the way that the color gels look you know, there's a lot of elements to his character. I'm surprised you don't love, <laughs> with your affinity for someone like Kanye West. It's like, how do you not love just a character like this who's just so full of shit all because the time?
0: Kanye is off the wall.
1: <laughs> like, you never know what you're going to get with Kanye. <laughs> I know exactly what I'm getting out of Refin. I know when I go into it, I know what I'm getting. I, I don't know if I—that's always true with me. Not with my experience with Refin. Yeah, I know their films are going to be violent. That's about it. You know, Refin, like. I mean, Kanye. It's, I don't know. Any day is a new, it's a new mystery. I don't, and that's it's a new other, experience. That's the like. It's just a, another string of just useless bullshit with with Kanye. But then you might think the same thing with Reffin. So it all, it all. And I, also,
0: and I also think there's a lot more variety in Kanye's art,
1: personally. And it, I'm not sure I agree with that. <laughs> I'm gonna rip this fucking paper. Having in having half. I'm gonna to your, rip this in half. Having right listened now. to your playlist, I'm like, eh, <laughs> kind of forgettable. <laughs> I can't say that about Reffin. I just don't know, like. <laughs> Are we still going off about the, the the person himself? We're supposed to be talking about the movies. No, because
0: the person is very important here. The person I is know relevant. <laughs> because the person is fucking full of shit. Yes, he And is. I'm trying to show you. I'm trying to hold your hand and guide you through this and show you how full of shit he is. Oh, the director's full. Of- I'm not uh, unaware of the fact that he's full of I'm shit. I'm trying to cleanse you, man. I'm trying to, like, talk you out of this trance. I don't care. If I get it. You watched full- his movies in college, and like, we all loved pretty images when we were in college, and we thought that's what directing was, but that's not- what directing
1: is yeah i know and he's time to wake up adam oh i know but he does plenty more than that fall out of the (laughs) trance i don't care if a director's full of shit there are many directors that i think are totally full of shit but i still like their movies you know what do you want from me you are joaquin
0: phoenix in the master right now (laughs) and i am jesse plemons and i'm trying so very very hard to be like the dude's just making it up as he goes along. They're all making it He's up as full they go along. Of
1: crap. <laughs> He's full of garbage. They're all making see it up See it for as what, what he is. Why don't you see it for what it is, Nico? How about that? Why don't you broaden your palate? <laughs> let's do this. I
0: just don't know how we... We had this conversation about I'm thinking of ending things a couple of weeks ago. And you gave me so much fucking bullshit for liking that movie. Which is so like... It's not a perfect movie. It's definitely flawed. Charlie Kaufman is not a perfect director, and he's not a perfect writer, by any stretch of the imagination. But he's going for something. And he's trying. And he's pushing the boundaries. And sometimes he's going to fall on his face. And sometimes you're not going to like it. And that's cool, man. Yeah. But at least he's going for something. And he's not going... Nicholas? No! Not going. He's
1: not!
0: I don't agree he's with He's not! You. I'm leaping out of my chair right now. I'm going to... The s- neon demon! I, I cannot believe you <laughs> like the <laughs> neon demon!
1: I'm gonna s- I can't believe you like this movie! I'm going to say he's going for more in every single one of these films than Charlie Kaufman does in... Uh, that movie oh, Charlie... The gall of you Charlie... The gall Charlie Cosman is just treading the exact same territory More so than Reffin is, honestly sock Pusher Let's just do this okay. Pusher 1996 <laughs> You know what annoys me about this conversation the what? most? What? Is that I'm going to love the Pig Panther movies perfectly fine <laughs> I'm going to watch them be like Yeah, they were good across the board you have so- <laughs> i think the issue comes down to just the fact that nico you like your movies <laughs> you you don't like much outside of your movies <laughs> this is a you problem
0: you're in a cult Th- it is you're a- in a cult no i'm Stop not- <laughs> drinking the kool-aid you are in a cult no i care about you Get- <laughs> step away from the cult just leave with me Leave with me and we can enjoy good movies again. We can enjoy good. But this guy does not deserve your attention. This guy does not deserve your affection. He does not deserve your defense on a podcast.
1: Okay. He doesn't deserve it. Oh, he's a bad filmmaker. Nico. He's full of garbage. You know, you know who's full of garbage right now is Nico DiGregorio. <laughs>
0: Only God forgives my guy. Yeah. That's the hill you're going to die on. That's a great movie. Only God forgives.
1: Watch it again, Nico. It's a great movie. <laughs>
0: Pusher from 1996 yeah. stars Jesus. Kim Badina, Zlaco Burick, ba- and Mads Mikkelsen.
1: Kim Badna.
0: Relax. <laughs> a drug pusher grows increasingly desperate after a botched deal leaves him a
1: large debt to a ruthless drug lord. Yeah. This is Refn's debut picture. It's many people's debut picture. It's a very important film for Danish cinema. Yes. Sort of. In did a- we
0: mention Nicholas winning Refn is from Denmark?
1: no okay he's a danish filmmaker yeah. yeah yeah um sort of a discrepancy with this movie over like where danish cinema really takes off and some people cite the dogma 95 movement but i mean this came before those movies and a lot of people said that after this it kind of gave lars von trier the right. motivation to go and make breaking the waves and then right. thomas vinterberg makes uh, the celebration uh 98 uh they're not the kind of people who are like, oh, yeah, Reffin was the guy who started it because all those guys uh, have their heads up their asses. Um, yeah, I mean, they are sort of credited as the the founders of that movement, right? Yeah, but oddly, this one comes before all of that. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe we can do this. So this one is sort of unofficially looked at by many as like the precursor to that. Okay, um, So it's important in that way, also important for the careers of – uh, Kim Bodna, who's gone on to do many, many, many things in Denmark. And he was on Killing Eve. Oh, okay. Was, which I, I hear he's, like, great in. Uh, who are then... you playing Killing Eve? Oh, no! I know exactly who he is! He's great in Killing Eve! Oh, he is? Okay. Oh, that's the same guy! Yeah. Oh, shit! Oh, I love that dude in Killing Eve! Oh, well, he was, like, awarded for it, too, for something, yeah, because he was so Oh, good. yeah!
0: Yeah, he's, like, the... Like, Eve's, uh, like, uh... He's, he's essentially, like, the M to, like... Oh, interesting. To Eve, who's like this assassin. He's like the head assassin. He's like her boss. I see. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. Oh, she's fantastic. Yeah, he's fantastic in that show.
1: That works. I didn't even realize that was the same guy. Yeah. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, keep going. And then, of course, our boy, Moss Mickelson. Yeah, Mads. The the great Moss Mickelson. Yeah. Who we, lo- who we love. No, Mads. Love Mads, Mads. 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 M-A-D-S. Mads. Yeah. That's not how it's pronounced, Nico. It's Okay. It's not how it's pronounced. It's not? No. Oh. No. I didn't know that. You're like the only person who says mads. I'm definitely not. You're the only person who says mads. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. <laughs> but a lot of people get it wrong. Regardless. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of a, a formative movie for for, for that whole uh, culture. Um, an awesome little movie. Very much a directorial debut. Super low budget. Super. We're gonna work off of the means of any, whatever we have to make a movie. Scrambling every day to make sure that each thing works. Uh, I alluded to it earlier. These both th- this and number two have this kind of grungy rock and roll feel to them. And there's everything. it's they're sort of flying off the, from the edge of their seat. Um, and I just love like, the naturalistic elements to it, the documentary style, which is you know. Kind of nice to see here. Nice to see Reffin doing this. If you need, oh, yeah, if you needed to cleanse your palate from the neon demon, I just cer- certainly did. Just go back and watch these, and they, they'll more than do it for you. Very crude, uh, often kind of juvenile in their writing. Uh not always bad. It kind of works for these characters. A lot of sex talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um often they they kind of get their come though and they're just showing that they're full of shit even when they're talking about how much they love like like getting their dicks sucked, you know, cuz yes. it's good for them. Sure. Uh more so in the second movie. Um and yeah, like like a com- I remember when I saw Good Time I'm like all right, Safties, way to just do pusher again. You did a good job, but way to just do pusher again. I actually thought Uncut Gems was more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It yeah. was, yeah. was more pusher than than, yeah, than good I, time. I agree with that too. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. I, I thought uh
0: that yeah, Mads it's always fun to see he had a small role in this one His role was expanded in the second one. We'll talk about that in a second. Um loved the villain in yeah, this movie? Me too. Zacko, his name is Milo in this, right? Milo, yeah. Yeah. Milo, it it was just spectacular and
1: I love a movie with a good villain. I love, by the way, like like i well, I guess we'll get into this, is like the the way they treat all like the drug elements and just the lifestyle of these characters. I mean, far too often you see like this this stuff like heightened and it's sort of dreary and it's scary, whereas this, you can just walk into a kitchen somewhere in a back alley and they're, you know, they're cooking some dessert. You right. Know, try this Frankie, you know, and it tastes like shit, but you know, it's okay. Or even when he's trying to uh, pay the guy back desperately and he's sweating, the guy's like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm not going to hurt you. Like, just give me what you got, please. It's like, okay, we'll try to work something out. And it doesn't work. He's like, okay, I can't do this. I, I have to hurt you. Yes. <laughs> to make a point.
0: Oh, he's very menacing. Certainly. Um, And I am interested, you know, what they do with this character in the third movie, because apparently he is the focus of that third movie. I love that
1: third movie. Okay. Yeah, I liked this movie. Good. I did. Okay. I liked it. Okay. I'll give you one. It's one of those movies that's... I wouldn't necessarily say it's technically great, but from a legacy standpoint, has a greatness to it. Yeah. I
0: actually like this one better than the second. Really? And I know that Mm. you love the second one, and that is sort of understood as the better of the two. I thought, like, just... The focus of this movie was a lot more clear, and like the anxiety of this movie is just palpable. And in the second one, there was just sort of a meandering lack of focus. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess we could talk about them in tandem with one another. Let's just, yeah, let's just talk about both of them right now.
1: Okay, sure.
0: Uh, Pusher 2, aka uh, With Blood on My Hands, colon Pusher 2, stars Mads Mikkelsen, Leif Sylvester, and Ann Sorensen. And that one is about Tony, who is sort of the sidekick to Kim Bodina. Bodnia? Bodna. Badna. Badna, Mads Mikkelsen uh, is the sidekick in that first movie. He gets a lot more focus in that second movie, and it's sort of about—I'll read it for you. Tony is released from prison again. This time, he has his mindset on changing his broken-down life, but that is easier said than done. Uh, I understand. Like Mads is incredible and he's so so good in that second movie and (laughs) like a lot of that movie is just his performance i i I don't know i just found like a lot of it was just very meandering and unfocused and whereas that first one is just very clearly like a guy needs hundred and eighty thousand dollars by the end of the day or he is going to die Mm -hmm. like there's just something awesome about that premise i love a movie like that and you know that second movie,
1: they just sort of lost that edge. I guess I don't know. I mean, the the first movie has like that plotty structure, but at the same time, it takes a. It, there, there's there are many scenes where it's just him sitting down and just looking at the television, knowing that he's fucked up. There are a lot of mo- like like contemplative moments that I really love in both mom- uh, movies, actually. The reason why I don't really care about the fact that it's meandering is because Pusher 2 is kind of supposed to be. Yeah. It's very much about this character just figuring himself out as he goes. and not he's, I mean, the whole point is that the character has no direction. Mm-hmm. He's trying this out, and it doesn't work, and he tries that out, and it doesn't work. He tries to steal a car, and it, it goes disastrously, all of that. So the whole movie is just this character, you know... a string of things go wrong for him until he realizes what he he needs to do, which is just to reset everything and get away from it all. Yeah. You know, with the one good thing that kind of happened to him. And, I think it's so much better. Yeah. I think, I think it's like so much. I think the craft's better. I think the atmosphere's better. I love the character work much more in that one. Um, and a lot of that is because it's less plotty, because it can just take its time to sit with this person and really understand him in a way that you don't quite get out of Bodna. Not, not to say that he's a poor character, but... That, he's definitely
0: the least interesting character of the three leads in exactly, these movies.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's so, and it's not not so much an issue. I mean, his performance is great, but uh it it is just a guy trying to pay some some other dudes back and that's it you know you learn a lot about him through that but all in all that that that's it it's a little more bare but like tony is just this oh my god dude he's like the most pathetic person in the world but he's so like lovable and and sweet you feel so bad for him and at pretty much every scene you know even when <laughs> i i love how much he talks himself up just to a scene that follows where he's just sitting on 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 the tram just just look, re- like thinking back to himself and realizing like yeah everything i just said was bullshit and i have nothing going for me and it's right. just it's just sad for him to reconcile with that throughout the whole movie like uh i think um <laughs> i i love the relationship between him and his dad and how that evolves and ultimately where it ends up uh i just love what the character becomes by the end of it and i think maybe that's the thing that really sells it for me is that as a character piece it's so much stronger
0: yeah uh th- that that tattoo on the back of his head really just says everything you need to know about that Mads Mickelson character. Mm-hmm. Like he is just a man child that got this tattoo at a young age and it says respect. He has the word respect. He's bald. Yep. He's got the word respect tattooed onto the back of his head. And it's like, yeah, like you're just never gonna get that.
1: Like, there's such irony to yeah. that whole, like, that visual motif. And, and that should be on the nose, too. Which, yeah. Which, uh, surprisingly for Refn, it's actually not quite as on the nose. It comes to mean something later, uh-huh. but it's not like as, as blatantly obvious at first. Cause, like you just said, you, you look at that and you're like, oh, yeah, like he, he just did that because, you know, a loser like him would do something like that.
0: Right. It does work, though. It yeah. really does. At no point, even though you're watching Mads Mickelson, who you know you've seen play hannibal lecter on screen and you i think he's so
1: transformative in
0: this like i really do see the tony character yeah definitely no the guy's just got an incredible range and look of course i'm always gonna credit mads mickelson i think he's one of the greatest actors working today no (laughs) question uh nice to see in both of these movies reffin in that cinema vérité style as you said like the sort of humble beginnings when he didn't have the budget to you know (laughs) rip up the body of l fanning (laughs) spoilers (laughs) it's just i don't know it's nice it's it's just sort of nice to see a guy just you know working with a camcorder in his backyard
1: yeah it's 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 a documentary uh style that i i I like quite a bit Hmm. and what lends what lends to these movies so well one of the things i love more than anything especially on rewatch was just like detail yeah my god this movie is just full of so many wonderful gritty details right down to like 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 what he's having his actors do at times like like when mess mickelson is uh, uh at the party and he goes into the bathroom and he's snoring coke off of the toilet bowl and i'm yeah. just like oh god it's disgusting There's so many little things like that that just get me and i love it down to like taking the time to for him to to fuck with his friend as he's taking a shit (laughs) little quirky moments like that that just crack me up speaking of that wedding party who invites a stripper to a wedding you would be very 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 surprised i would Yeah. Elaborate? (laughs) I've met, uh, uh, I've known, I haven't actually been to the wedding, but I have known people who have like, yeah, we had like a magic mic come to the wedding for my, for my. uh, To the actual wedding or to the bachelorette party? To the wedding for my bride. (laughs) That happened. I don't think it was a, a female stripper. I don't know if I've ever heard that, but I have heard of. Men strippers. This is a wedding. It's
0: a wedding reception that takes place at a bar, and like there are children yeah, watching that.
1: Again, another funny detail that i just They're just get. watching like a stripper. But that stuff is funny to me. Like, this is what i Is talking. it funny? It's yes. Yeah. It's, it's like <laughs> it skeezy. I don't know. Well, again, it, uh, wholly appropriate for these people. Do you do you not buy that these people would do something like this? Certainly do. These
0: are the worst of the worst people. These are just bottom of the barrel, just you know, the the worst that Copenhagen has to offer, I
1: guess. The thing I love about that too though with both movies is that they kind of build on it well the second one especially where it's like you're sort of getting used to them and falling into their lifestyle and the rhythms of it all but by the end of it like it stops being funny like because there are many moments where the, the the drug shenanigans just crack me up hmm. you know but then there's a moment like towards the very very end of pusher two where uh spoiler tony has just like brutally murdered his father yeah uh and he's just sitting there just decompressing and just looking at these women in front of him, and one of them is is get gets a bloody nose from snorting too much coke, and she's he's not helping her at all, and she's calling him a fucking moron, and, yeah. And just like his his um not his wife, but the the woman who bears his child or already had his his child is just treating him like total garbage, and you're just like fuck this lifestyle, man. Right, it's terrible. Let's get be clear. There. there is <laughs>
0: nothing like train spotting about the. About any of these drug escapades, like although train spotting is also a very dark movie, like at no point does this look like a joyful experience. no,
1: but this feels more realistic, certainly it feels far more realistic. I could say that I've been in scenarios that feel m- much more like this than anything like fucking train spotting.
0: I certainly hope it was
1: nothing quite like this <laughs> no <laughs> not not in terms of the <laughs> nothing in terms of drug dealing don't worry uh-huh. <laughs> but with the people yeah yeah sure
0: <laughs> you've been around people like this yeah a few. <laughs> i can't say i've ever met anybody like this
1: yeah i've met people kind of like this yeah okay well at least you've been to europe maybe that's the problem <laughs> yes <laughs> have you actually been to copenhagen no okay yeah. i've been to amsterdam not not so dissimilar makes sense makes sense uh, so some
0: influences that Refn credits here, um, major influences for the film include the Battle of Algiers, Cannibal Holocaust, the French Connection, the killing of a Chinese bookie, and Mean Streets. Those are his five influences. That makes sense. Makes sense to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get the French Connection thing. I do. Okay. Have you seen Cannibal Holocaust?
1: Yeah. And? It's good. It is? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. It's not a pleasant experience. <laughs> Is that a kill
0: meathon one day? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't enjoy, it's not a movie you enjoy watching, but I saw it thinking it was going to be total trash and I was like, mm, okay, hmm. it's actually oddly pretty good.
0: Yeah, I, I get what you're saying about that second movie. I do think that the, the lead performance is more compelling, and, like, they are going for something a lot more nuanced and a lot more true in that second movie. But
1: I, I just think it's a better story, too, personally. Do you? I, I really do. Like, the, the, again, one of them is a much more, like, like serviceable mainstream story, and I've seen a lot like that, which is not a, a bad thing. Like I said, the way Ruffin tells that story is, is quite refre- refreshing, but – um. Yeah, there's just something far more personal, personal and intimate about that second movie that speaks to me so much more. I just yeah, the that.
0: stuff with the baby is really touching. I love and it, and that ending is incredibly touching. I love that ending. You know what I mean?
1: I I think Pusher Two is, is, you know, it's I debate with myself a lot. I I sometimes I don't always come out on the side that I like it more than Drive, but it's very close. I love this movie.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I I saw a review online and they talked about this in reference to The Wire mm. and how The Wire is a move or is a show that takes the micro and makes it macro and there David Simon is always like pulling the lens out to say something about the world, not just these characters. And this is sort of the inverse of that. Yep. Like this is a movie about drug dealers and about the drug trade and about drug abuse, and it it just continues to close the walls in and zoom the lens in as close as it can get to these characters and it is just a movie both of these are just movies about individual decisions yep. and how those decisions influence these specific characters and it's not trying to say anything else about the world at large and that i think is what i appreciated most about this especially since the rest of Refn's movies
1: are so different
0: are very big picture and he is definitely trying to say a lot about a lot mm-hmm. without really saying anything at all. Whereas these movies, I, I just sort of like the self-awareness here. I just like the reference. Like, you know what?
1: I'm not going to try to understand anything except for these specific characters and what makes them tick. You mean the self-awareness behind the screen? Yeah. Cause yeah, I wouldn't say in front of the screen. Yeah. But it's the same thing with uh, pusher three though, where it, it's even smaller, where that movie almost entirely takes place with, within one location, just dealing with like a couple hours with uh, the Milo character. Preparing for a party. That's the movie. My point is,
0: I don't think Reffin is capable of tackling huge issues like female body image. Sure. Okay. And so I think he is better served cutting out all the bullshit and just making a movie about specific people. He's not capable of making the wire. Very few people are, but he's certainly not capable of making the wire. And what? I and I, I just like the amount of focus in these movies, and that's especially why I, I like that first one. It's just so specific in its focus. And I get exactly where they're going. Once the movie reveals itself to me, I can just sit back and enjoy the ride, yep. not having to think too much about it.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's how I prefer my reference movies. Yeah. Okay. The, these two are... Watch Pusher 3. You'd probably like it. It's really good. I think I would. Yeah. There's a really graphic scene, but again, like serves the, the character of Milo quite, quite well in that moment. Again, that one's the ending of that. It's, it's, it's much more bleak, though. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. I like these two movies. Yeah. Is that fair? And if you like these two movies, I promise you, you would probably like the third one. Hell, you might, it might even be your favorite. I don't know. Let's talk Bronson now. One yeah. <laughs> I've been wanting to talk with you for a while. You're welcome, Jabril. <laughs> My name's Charlie Bronson. <laughs> Not good, Nico. <laughs> I'm really bad. <laughs> it's, you have to do a London Cockney accent. Do it. Yeah, I can't do it. Come on. <laughs> give it a but, shot there. Uh, oh, God. I I have to think of a phrase. They sent me here. The funny (laughs) farm.
0: Starring Tom Hardy. (laughs) If that wasn't obvious. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly Adams and Matt King. A young man who was sentenced to seven years in prison for robbing a post office ends up spending three decades in solitary confinement. During this time, his own personality is supplanted by his alter ego charles bronson Mm -hmm. named after of course the american actor charles bronson that is not a coincidence he uh he named himself after that actor
1: (laughs) saw this movie when i was in high school
0: what a time huh (laughs) high school yeah what a time okay bronson yeah charlie bronson (laughs) i would like to meet charlie bronson you could I would like to be friends with Charlie Bronson. Tom Hardy's friends with him. I would like Charlie Bronson to adopt me <laughs> <laughs> as his child. Okay. And I, I want to spend all of my time with him. Are you saying you,
1: you liked some of this movie?
0: Okay. I am giving Nicholas Winning Refn exactly 0% credit for this movie. Why? Because I found all of his directorial choices to be quite annoying. Really? I thought the like breaking the fourth wall theatrical thing at the beginning to just not work... You can cut all that shit out of the movie. There was no need for it whatsoever. All of the musical numbers, all of the weirdness that they inserted into this movie was totally unnecessary. This movie did not need to be as weird as it was because this performance is weird enough to carry the whole thing. Uh, this is an amazing performance. Yes, it is. This is a
1: tour de force <laughs> performance from Tom Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. This is incredible. And I've been saying this for a long time now, dude. This is, for me at least, it's very much Tom Hardy's best performance, and it's not even close. (laughs) I love a lot of Tom Hardy performances. Me too. You know me. Uh, I think I agree with you, though. Holy shit. I saw this movie, and I was like, just had my mind melted with how good this performance is. (laughs) Wow, is this a realized character by him? It's the whole movie. He dominates this movie, not only in screen
0: time, but just in his presence. Like, he is the entire thing. I am convinced a lot of the comedy was not written into that script. Just Mm -hmm. knowing Nicholas winning reference, knowing his sensibility and knowing how the dude is just like a cold stoic guy. Uh, it's all Hardy here. Sure. Like Hardy's comedic sensibilities, his timing, his voices, his physical stuff. Just every time he gets naked and starts rubbing Vaseline (laughs) on himself. (laughs) Like I am just convinced like that was not meant to be played the way that it was. And you may give Reffin some of the credit. I'm sure he deserves a little bit of the credit. But I, this, I, I, to <laughs> me, is the most, like never have I seen a movie so dominated by a lead performance and so oh, yeah. shaped by a lead performance than this movie.
1: I mean, I don't know if I fully agree with that. I mean, most of the decisions here are very much brought on by reference saying, don't do this, don't do that, but keep this in, keep that and which happened. They didn't, I mean, all- he can
0: edit the movie. Sure.
1: Yeah. But they didn't always get along and they were trying to kind of figure out the movie and the tone and whatnot. And it was very much them coming to a conclusion on how this character should be portrayed. Because the character in real life is apparently the this level of crazy. Like yes. he's a fucking nuthead. Yes, <laughs> so it's not. It's again. Maybe I guess some of the other credit goes to M- Michael Peterson.
0: Yes, the actual Michael Peterson, A.K.A. Charles Salvador. He changed his name about ten years ago because yeah. he's a big Salvador Dali fan.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Just wanted to say that. No, you'd know nothing to agree about. That's a fact. It is a fact. Yeah. You know, there's no need to agree with a fact. Yeah.
1: Uh, this is very much a reffin film. This is where I kind of disagree with you is that (laughs) so much of it is reffin to me and so much of it is distinct that carries from his other movies kind of into his newer ones. It is very much like a bridging of the gap. If you want to say you want the best movie to do that in his, in his filmography, this is the most obvious one. Whereas Valhalla rising is even more like, 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 uh, dry and experimental. Uh Uh, very good though. Um, I would definitely hate that movie well i would definitely hate it yeah you probably would that's not as annoying i think as what you're what like you would i imagine you think with the neon demon but Uh um yeah that that move there's a grit to that movie and sort of like a like a somber seriousness that 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 i kind of like it's very like poetic with its visual storytelling that i really love um it's it's not for everyone though you'd probably just find it boring but it, it borrows a lot from russian cinema okay um but this movie, yeah. Yeah, see, I disagree with you. I love every musical choice. I love every you do? theatrical thing. It adds to the weirdness in a way that it wouldn't have worked otherwise. I actually disagree with you. Like, a man just being crazy the entire way through is cool, but like, I need a little bit more behind that. And those entire theater se- sequences are there because it's. The, the the point of the movie is let Charles Bronson tell this film in his own way. What would that be like if this guy actually wanted to tell his story? What would it feel like in this man's head? Uh-huh. How does he view himself as a celebrity? How does he view himself as a showman? And I think all of those theatrical bits – are so perfect for the character (laughs) Mm. i can't really express that enough every time they come on screen i'm just like yes show me more of this show me more of this side of yourself express this aspect of uh, of you that is always trying to come out of you
0: we should explain what that means by the way so there are several sequences the movie is a true story it's based on a real guy michael peterson aka charles bronson and it opens with him it's a fantasy sequence In front of an audience of people, he is performing a one-man show that is supposed to be the story of his life, and they intercut it with, you know, not footage of his real life, but Tom Hardy playing him in real life in prison, solitary confinement, etc. So it's just sort of a storytelling choice. There are fantasy sequences interspersed between real stuff.
1: Mm Mm-hmm and I yeah, I pretty much love all that because the movie for me wouldn't have worked even half as good without it. Really? Yeah, I, I, I very much disagree with you. You don't think
0: I, Hardy I think, just like hanging out in the prison? He didn't show enough charisma just, just hanging it, out in the prison? It becomes
1: way too repetitive. At you that think? Point. Oh, yeah. Like the movie for me almost falls apart without that stuff. And again, like you would enjoy it to a degree just because Tom Hardy's performance is so fucking electric and I love every single thing that he does. But yeah, dude, like a lot of the context for this movie does not work without Charles Bronson saying... Okay guys, this is what's going on.
0: Do I do you really need that though? I think that is the question, right? Like this
1: movie is so in one person's head and it's well, such like a one perspective movie, but It's not as in his head though without those scenes. That's that's the those are exactly the moments that emphasize that. No, but that did it's you need it though? Uh I needed it. <laughs> okay. Is it 100% It's not it's again dude, it's like the same where it's like is it 100% necessary to show, I don't know, every single scene of him, you know, punching people? No. <laughs> it helps, though. But it does change the nature of the movie, though, by including those theatrical numbers. Are you, does, does I, I don't know, does the nature of it bother you in that way? Because I don't know. I, I, a little I, bit. I think with, with a character that, that's this crazy with this off the wall, I think it's wholly appropriate.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I just feel like, I think I, here's, here's the point. I just like when Refn gets conventional. I just like when he tells a conventional story. Yeah, And I just think the more unconventional he gets, the more annoyed I become.
1: I don't- <laughs> and I was
0: annoyed this entire time. I was watching this and it's like every time they cut back to Charlie with the paint on one half of his face and he's like, turning back and forth, playing two characters I love that. at the same see time. That. That's great stuff. It's like, no, just
1: go back to the prison cell. I just want to see him getting in fights with people. Yeah. I'm not sure the movie works as well. Again, like, I, why can't you just like both? <laughs> <laughs> Cause I think that the, the theatrical stuff is deeply, deeply entertaining. There's never a point where I'm bored or I feel like it's dull. There's many instances where I'm like, Ooh, what is this? It took me out of it. Really? It did eh, See, I don't know the, the, the whole look and vibe of the movie, uh, uh, sort of invites it, you know, a lot of that is the way it's filmed, a lot of that is the performances, it's kind of the showy direction. It doesn't necessarily bother me that the movie wants to go that cerebral, because that's the movie, it's a cerebral experience. Very Kubrick in that way, too, in its
0: style. Like, it's very Clockwork Orange, um, like with the Malcolm McDowell sort of narrations, these narrations felt very similar. Actually, the two characters felt very similar. And this movie is constantly compared to Clockwork Orange, funny enough, frequently. Very Kubrickian in that way, but of course, not Kubrickian, because... He's Nicholas Winning Ruffin and not Kubrick. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I just like spending time with Tommy. I just like spending time with him. I just want to spend more time with him in the prison. Like the guy just seems you get, so fucking
1: fascinating. Well, you get plenty of that though. You get a lot of that. Like <laughs> this is the type
0: of crazy that I embrace. Nicholas Winning Ruffin's crazy is not something that I embrace.
1: <laughs> it's something that interests Nicholas Winning Ruffin though. So in a way it is kind of Nicholas Winning Ruffin's crazy.
0: This is, uh, this is what, the real charlie bronson said about the movie uh he was so impressed by how hardy had managed to build up his physique for the role and how good he was at imitating him that he shaved off his trademark mustache for it to be used as a prop for hardy to wear in the film quote i honestly believe nobody on the planet could play me as tom did he is more like me than i am (laughs) in 2011 he was finally granted permission to view the movie he was in solitary so he didn't have access to movies at the time and when he finally saw it he described it as quote theatrical creative and brilliant uh and he said that he heaped praise on hardy again but disagreed with the implied distance between him and his father and the portrayal of paul edmonds a former prisoner and nightclub owner he said that uh that wasn't entirely accurate the sexual the homosexual undertones uh to that character were not accurate Um, this is what Rodson says about himself. And I just think that this is such a great quote. (laughs) I'm a nice guy, but sometimes I lose all my senses and become nasty. That doesn't make me evil. Just confused. (laughs) i love this guy yeah i want to give this dude a hug yeah he's great isn't he? he's so violent and he's so mean but he never killed anybody no just sometimes he gets a little tempered he hits people yeah, he's an asshole yeah he's, he's such an asshole aren't <laughs> we all sometimes yeah. he just gets a little confused yep great character work in this movie great character yes great character this character really writes
1: itself though yeah this character's fucking incredible <laughs> god i love tommy boy in this oh he's unbelievable i love him and the, his star making role this is the one that made people go like oh you can act Oh yeah. <laughs> whoa you can act <laughs> yep very important movie in that way uh another little thing about the, the storytelling that i love about this movie is how the passage of time is so uh unspecific yes the, the, a lot of like the, the details like the, the the way the characters aged are sort of forgotten. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the ways that like, like the, the, they don't change the aspect ratio, the film grain, any of that. It's entirely like one singular piece in mm-hmm. that way. So the only things you really get are, are, uh, you know, him growing his mustache or him wearing his iconic glasses And that's really about it. And throughout the entire movie, you have no idea how much time has passed. I love that. I love that. I love that because it's very accurate to the way people describe solitary confinement. Right. And I'm like, yes, that's, that's perfect. The, 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 the 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 misunderstanding with details i just think is such a brilliant choice and the again it just it it sort of adds to to another level of this movie being so intensely cerebral and so about charles bronson trying to tell his story which is why all the weirdness just it 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 doesn't bother me it only makes the movie better
0: uh yeah okay i buy that yeah sure i buy that a lot of look at the Tom Hardy penis
1: in this movie. I, now now, now we get to the real topic conversation here. A lot of
0: the, a lot of the hard hardy.
1: This is the, the this is the, really the only reason why we wanted to do the podcast. Tom Hardy, am I right? Well, here's my issue. What do you think of the penis? A little underwhelmed. I know, right? A little underwhelmed. It's a little
0: underwhelming. I, I always thought of Tom Hardy as a man that was well endowed. I'm just
1: going to say it right now. A little underwhelming is an understatement, man. That thing. <laughs> it's like Tommy. 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 What happened? And, you know, and guys, maybe it explains a lot. It's what, <laughs> why he's so angry. Yeah. It's one of those. Dicks. Like Bane definitely has a small penis. Like Bane gives like small dick energy. Yes. Well, that's the steroids. What do you want? Yeah, sure. Come on. Give him a break. Does steroids <laughs> shrink your penis. Yes, of course it does. Oh, I didn't know that. You didn't know that. I've never taken a steroid. I couldn't uh, tell you. No, th- that's when Nico, you say, oh, I better stop taking my steroids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh you can't stop looking at it that's the issue every time it comes up screen it's like wow really
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm with you i'm with you god that scene where he takes the the guard hostage and he makes him start rubbing
1: faster faster (laughs) not on my ass you fucking homo (laughs) quickly quicker 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 that's it in the corner don't move cut (laughs) just starts fucking punching guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <it>. This movie's <laughs> hilarious. Ready your nukes, eh? Because it's about to get fucking hairy.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, Man, and the thing with the artist at the end, dude. Oh, so that actually good.
1: happened. Did, Did it? He actually <laughs> takes the guard, the, the, the artist hostage, fucks around with him, drenches himself in black paint, <laughs> and is naked. Wow. He tells. I've actually heard an audio recording of him telling that story. <laughs> Incredible. Weird, huh? That's the thing about this story too. Is that it's just fucking nuts. Yeah yeah that you wouldn't believe it's like you you look at the details of this movie and you're like this has got to be the most like he must have taken so many liberties with this story yeah he does but not nearly as many as you think no i <laughs> like the the phrase
0: world's most, most notorious prisoner you're like you think of jack the ripper when you hear that it's, no it's just a guy that like was a petty thief and he robbed the jewelry store at once and he just keeps beating up prison guards. So yep. they keep putting him away for longer. I love that though. It's
1: like, <laughs> just, just calm down. Oh, he punched another guard. Shit. God, we got to keep you for another five years, Charlie. <laughs> can't help himself. I love that it gets to the point where he's causing so much damage to the psychiatric ward that yeah. they're just like, w- w- we can't take it. Certify him sane. Get him the fuck out of here. Oh my God. When he's
0: like <laughs> drooling in the chair
1: and the guy's uh, talking
0: to him in the chair. Amazing. That's what I wanted out of the Capone movie. Oh my god! That's what I wanted out of that. But you know what though i I do think that this movie, in a way, has sort of, you know, given him that positive reinforcement that he didn't need to Mm -hmm. go out and make something like Capone. It's like, oh, I went for it in in Bronson, and I did not play that movie straight at all. So now I never have to play a movie straight again. And that's sort of frustrating because Capone is really bad for the reasons that Bronson is really good. Yeah, you know.
1: And it's funny though because I feel like though if the entire movie for Tom Hardy had been him drooling, yeah, and him like in that in that in that weird gymnasium with the people as they're doing those funny ass dances. Oh my god, the dancing was they're incredible. so funny. They're so funny. <laughs> I love the guy who's just going like. <laughs> 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 I I watched I watched this movie a lot with my younger brother and we just like we just get ready for that scene because it just makes us laugh so much. I will just start walking in my house or or before he moved away. uh, I would just start walking in my house and I'd be like, yo, Connor. (laughs) (laughs) Great, great. It's awesome. I love this movie. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Big like, whoa, who is this director? One of those directors like, because I, 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 I saw this before Drive and I was like, oh my God, I, I want to see whatever this this guy does next. Have to. Well, they did do something quite notable next. Drive in 2011 stars Ryan
0: Gosling, Carrie Mulligan, Brian Cranston, Albert Brooks, Oscar Isaac, Christina Hendricks, and Ron Perlman. Nominated for Best Sound Editing at the Academy Awards, a mysterious Hollywood stuntman and mechanic, Moonlights as a getaway driver and finds himself in trouble when he helps out his neighbor in this action drama.
1: This is where I'm confused though now Nico. Yeah because you like four out of the five movies Well let me explain. Let me explain what I mean. Uh,
0: I as I just said I give and no credit oh, Bronson. Oh, oh no credit at all. So that doesn't count. <laughs> oh. So they got to just cross that one off the list. <laughs> Because that's all You're Tommy. You're so full of shit. That's all Tommy.
1: It's not all Tommy. That's all Tommy. The, come on. <laughs> Pusher and Pusher 2 are very
0: distinctively not Nicholas Winding Refn films. Like the, those But are they like, are Nicholas Winding Refn films. I guess they are by technicality, his, but in, not
1: spiritually. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> Who gives a shit? They're Nicholas Winding Refn in his purest form.
0: Okay. Now, let's talk Drive for a second. Okay. Because I did not watch Drive again. But... I watched several clips on YouTube of Drive Again, mm-hmm. including the bank robbery sequence with Christina Hendricks, the elevator sequence, the strip club sequence, the, the pizza place sequence with Albert Brooks. Watched all that shit again. All the, all the hits. You know what I mean? All the scenes that you and I have become familiar with over the years. Yep. But I watched them with a different lens this time because I watched them after watching four Nicholas Winding Refn films in a row. And uh, I paid attention to a couple things. Yep. First of all, the score. Mm-hmm. which is an incredible score, one by, that we have talked
1: about several times. By Cliff Martinez. Who, I think who, who, among Cliff Martinez's best work. Yeah. He's done L of reference films since Drive.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great score. Mm-hmm. I was watching Ryan Gosling with that jacket, that iconic jacket, which you own, don't you? I own a, yet, yeah, one of those jackets. Yeah. That jacket that has become just a staple of pop culture over the years. Yep. Uh, I watched Carrie Mulligan, who I'm quite fond of. It has done great work since this movie including uh, wildlife from a few years ago and a uh, mini series on, I think it was the BBC called collateral really enjoyed her in that. And uh, I was listening really, really hard to the script. You know, I was just trying to pick up on that like crime movie dialogue. And I, specifically in the scene where Ron Perlman and Albert Brooks are talking about the family back East and how we ripped off the family. And, wow. You know, and I'm like, you know what? All this shit is just so fucking juicy. And then I start picking up on those tinges of refin. Like Paul Giamatti in sideways as he's like, you know, just picking up a, a, just a tinge of, of the grape from the west side of the of the vineyard. And like, it just, it just it's hard to, it's hard to taste, but it's there. It's there even if you don't notice it's there. Like I'm just detecting just a, a tinge of refin and, and I'm, I'm taking another sip and I'm like, oh, this is so fucking cool, man. Like just that, that, that scene in the elevator and just all of that sexual tension between Carey Mulligan and Gosling and how he stomps the guy's head. And I'm like, fucking, Hey man, like this is like a great Michael Mann movie. Like hell yeah. But then that's slow mo. Wait a minute, where's that slow-mo from? I know that slow-mo. <laughs> I, I that's that only God forgives slow-mo. As when Ryan Gosling is fucking beating a dude's skull in. Like I, I know that slow-mo. Wait a minute. And I ripped the mask off. That's right. This is a Nicholas winning Refn film. You fooled me for a second. You fooled me. Nine years ago, when I saw this movie for the first time, it fooled me. <laughs> Wait, you don't like this movie? This movie's not as good as I thought it was, turns out. This movie's not as good as I thought it was. It really isn't, man. I have to to sit down and watch the thing front to back again. But what I found myself picking up on the second time was the refin of it all. And the refin of it all was annoying the shit out of me. His shot composition, his cinematography, his editing style, all of those crossfades, the slow pace... His insistence upon making this like traditional crime story an art house film really annoyed me on this on this rewatch or, or this revisiting. It really got on my nerves. And I just was like, I, I found myself wanting this to be a Michael Mann movie. I found myself wanting this to be uh, I don't know. Who makes a great who makes a great hard boiled crime movie? I don't care. Give me another direct <laughs> Jonathan Demi. Like, I want this to be a Jonathan Demi movie. I wanted something. More conventional, and I, I, I'm, I'm sounding like a a broken record here, but the refing of it all really bothered me, and I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to make Mm. of it, but this was a very troubling realization I came to yesterday, and I'm sorry for that because I really like this movie. In fact, I put this movie, I think, in my top ten or top twenty of the decade.
1: Boy, Nico bothers me. First of all, I don't really care about what you're saying because you didn't rewatch the movie. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so that's a problem. Correct. So everything you just said doesn't matter. Uh, well, I think it matters a little bit. Uh, no, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> you have no context for those scenes aside from like you know just watching them on YouTube. Yeah. You got to watch the movie. Yeah, but I've seen those scenes many times before. I've seen the movie several times. Watch it again. Okay, I will. <laughs> nico no offense but this is a bad take <laughs> okay okay <laughs> again the refin of it all is what makes this movie good because otherwise it's just another conventional stupid crime movie right and the problem exactly like, yes yes and the the issue I, <laughs> the issue i have with it your point yes that, 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 that my point is what's your point <laughs> my point is like everything you just said is is meant to be like pejorative like the nicholas what reffin of it all yeah but like like there's nothing better than that elevator scene because of how much he in- interjects himself into it. And because of how much like heart and soul there is to oh, it. Let's be honest and This God. is a man without any heart and soul. Oh. Come on. S- s- settle down here. Oh, my God. I- like, you're allowed to call the take bad, but let's not pretend that this dude is like, come on. In one ear, out the other. Please. Moving on. How much heart and soul is in that <laughs> elevator scene? Let's not scene. pretend this
0: man is Steven Spielberg.
1: When he, when he, ar- when he arrives and, and finds Brian Cranston dead on the ground, <laughs> and the attention to detail of that scene, and how he snaps and goes after... Uh, uh Ron perlman's character like and just how beautifully done that is shot composition bothers you this is one of the best shot films of last year i think i said it was the the best shot yeah movie. when we did that podcast it's, one, it's every the, i was my
0: choice for best cinematography
1: I, I don't care if you don't like the way nicholas Winding Refn tells his stories i don't even his detractors won't even go as far to say that his movies are poorly shot
0: no they look cool
1: no i don't just mean the no, way they th- look cool I i'm not just talking about the colors or the lighting it's just like again his shot composition and what he chooses to focus on
0: you know what scene i watched What that chase sequence after they robbed the bank or, or yeah. the, the convenience store or whatever not bad th- that car chase i was stunned how bad that scene was mm. i was stunned like how poorly that was like executed and edited like i was watching that scene i couldn't tell what character was in which car there was no sense of tension at all. Like, it, car chases are weird. I'm not a huge fan of car chases because I'm not a huge fan of cars. Mm-hmm. But it, it's sort of funny. Nicholas Winning himself says that he does not have a license. He doesn't know how to drive. And when he made this movie, he went into it with absolutely no knowledge of how cars work. This was the first time I watched that sequence. And I thought, yeah, this is a movie about cars. Directed by a guy that knows nothing about cars. <laughs> this is a guy that it's doesn't not a know anything car. about
1: cars, though. Well, I don't care if it's called Drive. It has nothing to do with cars. <laughs> you know what I
0: mean. I'm just saying, like that scene is a car chase directed by a guy that has never driven before, mm-hmm. and
1: it makes sense
0: because it just it's it's very like inarticulate. I don't agree. It's with It's illiterate.
1: This. I don't agree with that because <laughs> I'm like very much in the opposite spectrum. When I saw it, I was I loved the the focus it has on just keeping you within that car. No, there is a
0: lot of shots outside of
1: that. There car. are, but like every time it cuts back to them, it is always with Ryan Gosling or Christina Hendricks. Yeah. You, ne- you never lose your your placing. You never f- don't understand where you are, and you always Even when, like that car flips over, almost flips over at the end of that chase. It's like the, the most underwhelming aspect of it is the fact that it doesn't do like a great wreck. That's about, yes, that's the only thing about that that doesn't quite work for me, but. Who cares, man? It's still a great scene. I've seen too many Fast and Furious movies to be <laughs> amazed by that scene. I don't know. I just found that scene yeah. to be a little lackluster. I suppose next to those movies. I don't think it's it's the whole conceit of the movie, though. It's not a poorly done car chase. Are you arguing that it's not good? Yeah, I'm arguing it's not good because I just don't. No, I'm, that... I'm arguing it's not good. That's what I'm saying to you, Nico. Yes. That's incorrect. I'm saying I watched the scene. <laughs> is... and I say, I'm saying it's not good. That's
0: incorrect. <laughs> if there are good scenes in this movie. That is not one of them.
1: That's, that's... what I'm. That's what I'm telling you. No, that's wrong. <laughs> that is a wrong take, dude. There's nothing wrong with the car chase. A lot of the other thing that works about it too is just how like matter of fact it is. I love when it cuts back to Christina Hendricks as she's freaking out. And I love how it intercuts with Ryan Gosling and just getting an idea of what he's feeling in every given moment of, of the chase with his expressions. And that's the thing that works about it. It's emotionally quite sweeping in that moment. And it's just tense as hell. I just love how, like, in it you are emotionally and you're not thinking about anything else besides the car crash or not the, the car chase, rather, and just how that stirs up within you. There's also no music in that scene, which is also quite fitting. Mm hmm. Uh, I don't have anything wrong with this car chase, man.
0: Let's move off the car chase. I, I just found myself really annoyed. And again, I didn't watch the whole movie. I understand this. <laughs> but I found myself very annoyed how art house it
1: was. Who cares, man. How artsy-fartsy why, the thing was. Why is that a problem to you? Why is that inherently a problem? I don't think it's inherently a problem at all. No, I, I don't think it's inherently a problem. I think it's
0: it's a problem in regards to this material. Why? Because I think the script is like really good this fine it's not like a great script i and I think the actors are
1: really good and yeah. i think the music is really good and i just like why do, why can't that belong in an art house movie what 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 is your issue with that <laughs> it just took me out of it, it <sighs> to, again it took me out of it is that inherently a pro- again? Again? Yes. Is it, is yes. It, is it inherently yes? A pro- why? When, it, when a director takes you out of a movie, that's a no, problem. No. No. <laughs> well, I'm never taken out of the movie. If you did, I'm sorry, but uh, yeah. Wh- why are why are why is the good music and the good performances and all these actors in a in a movie like this taking a subject I, matter like this to be a little more artistically pleasing? I thought it was
0: the weakest part of the movie. That's my point. I think uh, of everyone that played a role, he was the one that had
1: least to offer, or at least. What he did offer, I found least satisfying. I hate to I hate to tell you, Nico, this movie would be nothing without Reffin. It would be absolutely nothing. <laughs> I, I, I think every single artistic choice in this movie is beautiful, and it's and it says something about these people. Let I me love be clear:
0: it. I like this movie. I really like this. <laughs> I am not sure you did <laughs> when I first saw it. I adored it. I seriously, I saw it for the first time, and it was again two thousand eleven. I was a junior in high school, and it blew my fucking mind. And it was, I think, one of those movies that really like got me into you know more idiosyncratic film like at the time i i was just a spielberg guy i guess and a scorsese guy and and this really like pushed the boundaries for me um but i i, I just watch it now with a slightly older set of eyes and just an a greater expectation for what cinema can have to
1: offer there i said it yeesh man there i said it because this is as good as it gets i saw this in a it's meal. not as good as it gets yes it citizen is citizen kane is as good as it gets this is not as good as this It's one gets. of the best movies i've ever seen oh, please, is drive please, yes it's fantastic on, settle down i don't care nico settle down i don't give a shit i don't know what you're talking about high school was fun man yeah high school was fun i i enjoyed when the guy got his skull beaten in on the elevator i'm one to say when movies i loved in high school don't age well there's a reason why i don't much care for inception anymore but You know, I loved it back then. I don't love it now. I'm not one to be stupid about that stuff.
0: Even I'm getting older and I'm turning on Nolan. All right? I'm turning on him. There you go. (laughs) Can you just please, like, it's better on this side, man. It's better on the other side of the fence. What are we talking about? It's better on the other... Just... (laughs) Come on. Just join me. (laughs) What's your issue? Take my hand. Why are you worried about me? I'll be fine. Take my hand, man. (laughs) This guy is selling a false bill of goods. He is. (laughs) He's selling a false no, bill of he's goods.
1: not. I think it's very much a case of it's If not, I denounce Christopher
0: what? Nolan on this podcast, will you denounce no. Nicholas Winning Reffin? <laughs> no, because Chris- they both have similar problems. Uh. Both lack any sense of humor. Both put mm. style over substance. <laughs> both have less to say than they think. Mm-hmm. B- both are dumber than they think they are. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah.
1: I think Nicholas Reffin might be better. <laughs> Reffin might be better for me. No, I'm not going to denounce Reffin. <laughs> Come on, man.
0: We no. can do this together. Why would I do that? This can be very therapeutic for no. us.
1: I have I have long since denounced it. Nolan, I don't have any issue with I that. I want
0: to be clear. I really much, I ver- very much like
1: Drive. Very much. Mm. I love Albert Brooks in the movie. Yeah. Man. As I love Albert Brooks in every movie he's in. He's incredible in this. Y- your Your insistence on just like the performances though. Like if this movie were even quieter, you would hate it. And I might even like it more. No, I don't want quieter. I just want more uh, conventional. Why? Why do you want conventional for a movie that is about people trying to get money? No, give me something. There's pr- nothing wrong with convention. I didn't say there's anything wrong with convention, but there are so many fucking movies like this. You have Transporter if you want that, dude. Yeah, but Transporter doesn't have the performances, doesn't have the score, doesn't have the script. That this. So one what? Is. <laughs> That's conventional. That's what you're asking for is Transporter. Give me something crazy or give me something more ambitious. That's all I want. I don't want something that's conventional, man. Not for a story like this. I've seen too many of them. Okay. They're lame. Okay. <laughs> not every Michael Mann film is good. I'm sorry. No, certainly not. <laughs> so there you go. Certainly not. Yeah, you, you, like, you like your Manhunter a lot more than I do.
0: Listen, you you want to bash Public Enemies, go for it, man. You want to bash Black Hat, go for it. Don't public you, Enemies as well. Don't you <laughs> dare drag Manhunter through the mud yeah, on a
1: podcast like this. Yeah, Manhunter is not as How good. How can you at a time like this... Nico, here's a hot take. Manhunter is not as good as any one of these movies. How? <laughs> <There's not laughs> at as... a time like this. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. This <laughs> is really...
0: Man, are you trying to hurt man, me?
1: Manhunter is Are you is, trying to? Man are Hunter, you trying to embarrass me? Manhunter is I feel like your is, mother right now. Manhunter is less than the Neon Demon. It's less than Only God Forgives. I actually like Only God Forgives more than the Neon Demon by the way, but we're not talking about Only God Forgives so thank god we're not (laughs) does it make that much of a difference (laughs) i think drive is a good movie and i
0: think at the time like it was a super cool movie i think it's a
1: masterpiece (laughs) and i don't want to hear i i'm done with this conversation this this take is bothering me and you need to watch the movie again now (laughs) let's move on i
0: should have watched the whole thing again i'm sorry for not I wish I could stand behind my convictions more. Mm. It's
1: just, I don't know. It's just a theory I'm having. I think you're trying way too hard. I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No,
0: I am not. Let me assure you, I am not. No, sir. No, sir. Let's be very clear about this. My ref and hatred is one hundred percent sincere. I'm not. I'm not convinced. Hundred
1: percent sincere. <laughs> you're, you're denouncing Drive a little bit. I, I think,
0: gave you the Pusher movies. I think, I think you're trying. I like
1: the Pusher movies. Yeah. I didn't say shit about the Pusher movies. You could have said shit about the Pusher movies. I didn't. You don't dare say shit about Drive. <laughs> I didn't say a damn thing about the pusher <laughs> movies. I didn't. I'm not trying too hard. Well, you did say that you like pusher one more than pusher two. I did. That's a little well, I guess whatever. Yeah. Fine, I'll give that to you. Uh, are you being entirely honest about all of these takes?
0: Entirely honest. You're trying hard with drive. I'm not. I'm not. You're I'm trying, not. You're no, I'm not. Hard. no, I'm not. No, I'm not a
1: little hard with drive. No. A little bit.
0: I don't need to.
1: Yes, you do. I don't need to. A- okay. I don't need to be
0: a take lord. A- then the- the- why are you doing it? <laughs> because you know why I don't need to do it with drive? Why? Because we're about to do it with Neon D. Yes. Okay? <laughs> 2016. The Neon Demon, starring Elle Fanning, Jenna Malone, Christina Hendricks, and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> what a flex. Let's get to some
1: trash, people. What a flex
0: <laughs> casting Keanu Reeves in this. Yep. Uh, an aspiring model, Jessie, is new to Los Angeles. However, her beauty and youth, which generate intense fascination and jealousy within the fashion industry, may prove themselves sinister. Let us
1: get to some trash. Okay. Uh,
0: Spoilers for Neon Demon. Yes, Yes, baby. You have not seen Neon Demon, and you have any interest in seeing Neon Demon. See it. Fast forward through this conversation. (laughs) See the movie. Have at it. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One of the most on-the-nose things I've ever seen in my entire life uh man though who fucking cares (laughs) it's it's very much a who gives a flying fuck how on the nose this movie is i mean it's it's trying to say stuff about narcissism and the fashion industry that the treatment of women and so on and so forth it's not the
0: literal disposability of female bodies
1: yeah it's not it's not complete it's not devoid of 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 substance um it's not like it's going for nothing or anything, which I'm sure you'll argue for. Well I I I disagree No, I agree with all of these It's, themes. It's trying to do something for sure. It's just trying to go for them and one of the most evocative and provocative ways imaginable. In the most obvious ways imaginable. Sure, yeah. Yeah. It's one of those funny examples, though, where it's like, I don't care, man. I don't care. The way he does it is just so wonderful. It's so much fun. I saw this movie in theaters. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. I saw this one in theaters, and I just walked out of it like, holy fucking shit, what was that? What was that? It is the it 's a bizarre movie, and the 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 feminine edge to it is is kind of lingering everywhere it 's quiet and and nasty a lot of the time. The subject matter feels like something that belongs in a pulpy eighties movie you know and it 's trashy as fuck it is a trashy as fuck movie, no matter how you try to spin it, but this is highly, highly elevated trash that (laughs) becomes a good experience for me. And I've I watched this movie a bunch actually. (laughs) Yeah. It's just uh it's just a really, really weird, uh satisfying journey for me personally. Visceral experience. That's all I want. It's a film.
0: Yeah it's a film. It's a film. Yeah it's a it's a film. Um Look, you wanted to scandalize me. You wanted to provoke is, me. You wanted to offend me. Uh, consider me scandalized. Is this what really gets you? I don't know. Like, cons- <laughs> like, consider on, me man. scandalized.
1: How does this get you that bad? Whatever. I'm this- fine. Fine. <laughs> I no, was okay. okay. I was hoping you would rise above it. All right. At, at I'm offended. <laughs> Great. Good. We all had a
0: nice laugh about it. Okay. I'm like, you know what I'm offended by? That this movie is trying so hard to offend me. I am offended <laughs> by the offensiveness. I'm not offended
1: by the material that that is that's whatever. <laughs> like, like, okay. Now like, you're now you're really trying. What's, no. What kind of statement was that? <laughs> because the movie is
0: trying so hard to provoke me and it did. I, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like a prank show. It reminds me of like <laughs> pumped or well, like, Ashton Kutcher, you know, is on here or anytime like a friend of mine attempts to prank me and like the prank happens and, like, oh, your grandma's dead. What? Uh, just kidding your grandma's not dead great what did we all get out of that we all had a good laugh like you're laughing i'm not laughing but you're laughing like great are are we better people for going through that experience together sure i'm not sure we are (laughs) i'm not sure that was necessary (laughs) like like i'm not even like that dismayed by the prank i'm just dismayed that you thought it would be fun (laughs) you know what i mean like I am, I am not, it's a, fe- a movie. It's not saying, real. saying that my grandma's dead doesn't offend me, but you telling me or having that idea and thinking it would be funny. It's offends not me.
1: real, Nico. No, I know it's what not you, real. What are you, 80 years old? It's just like, what's this all for? You're like, the, you're like my, my, I'm bored my, by it. Honestly, my- <laughs> I'm bored by it. I'm bored by it. I'm not sure uh, you're being totally honest with this. No, yourself. I am.
0: I am bored by all of like the edgy provocation. I'm just mm-hmm. fucking bored. Okay. Okay. Great. Big fucking whoop, man. You convinced me my grandma was dead for about 10 <laughs> seconds.
1: Have you seen another movie quite like this? I haven't. <laughs> I mean, I've seen movies that, no. that, that no, try
0: not- to offend me in, in ways like this. Maybe they're not as like flashy. You know, maybe it's something closer to a Serbian film, which is a lot grittier than this. Like, you know, maybe they're not as well acted. Maybe, like, the cinematography isn't as beautiful. Oh, oh, this one is so much more pleasant to watch than something like a
1: fucking Serbian
0: film. (laughs) No, I I get it. But, like, I've gone through this before. Yeah, I've watched movies that are clearly trying to offend me in a very obvious way uh, and that are very on the nose with their social commentary. I've seen
1: movies that are trying to scare me, too. But it doesn't matter. Those those individual movies are always quite different.
0: Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. No, I'm annoyed that it tried offending me so much. Seriously, Why? I'm annoyed by it. <laughs> I am
1: so lost. On this. What are you not understanding about the this? the strangest take I've ever heard. What's ever so watched? strange about the day? You're, you're annoyed that it, you went into this thinking it was not going to try to do that? No, I, I, uh,
0: I am underwhelmed. I'm <laughs> underwhelmed.
1: You know what it was?
0: <laughs> I watched it and I'm like, that's all you got? Really? Really? That's all you fucking got? Really? She ate an eyeball at the end? That's all you fucking got for me? <laughs> like, seriously?
1: He's trying hard, people. No! He's, <laughs> <laughs> He's trying, really. Nicholas Wendergruffen does funny things to you, Nico. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm like, the- what do you want from
0: me, man? Uh, it's a movie about modeling in Los Angeles, and it turns out that a bunch of the models are vampires, and they eat a girl at the end. Great. Yes, yes, yes. Big fucking whoop, dude. I don't know. Didn't see that one coming, did you? No, I didn't see it coming, <laughs> but like i don't know like when th- my house gets tp'd i don't see that coming either it's just all very pointless <laughs> i
1: would love to it's just th- all very fucking point i would love to have sat there with you <laughs> as you were watching it to get a, an accurate uh, uh interpretation of what you felt i was
0: i was scandalized yes i was offended i was pushed i was provoked all that is true i was in dismay my jaw was on the floor great great you satisfied with that as an experience? Yeah. Are you satisfied with that? Sure. You're happy that I was shocked. I guess. Okay. <laughs> what else is there to talk about? This movie's a piece of shit. It's a piece of shit movie.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. It's a piece of shit movie. Okay. I think it's a very good movie. It's not his best movie, but yeah, it's uh, it's one of his better ones in my opinion. No, just as a pure uh, uh, cinematic experience, too. Again, it kind of brings me back to like some of my feelings towards some of Hodorovsky's films. Not as good as a Hodorovsky film, but who, by the way, Raffin is a big fan of, and actually is a close friend of. And you get definitely get it out of some of these films where it's like what he's trying to use the 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 language of cinema for is is very much with it's a similar attitude, shall we say, you know, in trying to. And it's not even so much push the boundaries as it is just like like. I don't know, uh, not 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 necessarily being afraid to provoke in, for for the means of telling a story that you feel needs to be told, you know, because sometimes filmmakers do that where it's like they, they want to tell their story, but they don't necessarily want to provoke it, even if it feels like it makes sense. And I guess that's what he's going for, um, man. I don't care it, this is a tasty movie literally i love i love this world and i actually i have a, a i have a great i have a great time with with el fan Elle fanning's character and and her little arc i love what happens to her and you do yeah 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 yeah.
0: big fan of what happens to el fanning
1: yeah actually okay yeah it actually works well <laughs> as like again so fucking ridiculously on the nose as a like cautionary tale but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't, it's one of those funny examples where it's like, I don't really care if it's on the nose. I don't care if it's obvious. I don't care if I've seen it before. Here's the thing. It doesn't seem but, like you
0: like it as a guilty pleasure.
1: No, it seems like you actually like it. No, it's a great, it's a great experience.
0: You know, this is what bothers me. Like, it's one thing if you came into it and you were like, you know, I get it. Refn, he's flawed. And like, you know, I, I get that you're not going to gel with everything, but like sometimes I just watch him and I, and I eat it up because that's just what I'm into. Yeah. And it, I'm not going to make a, a candid defense for him as, like, a great screenwriter or a great director. I'm just going to say he's for me. That's one thing. I do that with a lot of filmmakers. Yeah. I do that with a, a bunch, man. <laughs> like, e- even the worst Michael Mann movies I still enjoy. and Even the worst Aaron Sorkin movies I still enjoy because I fucking eat up Aaron Sorkin movies. Mm-hmm. You know? I get it. You can like it ironically. You can like it with a little wink. It doesn't seem
1: like you feel that way. It seems like you actually think this is a good movie. I don't think it's, it's even controversial to say this is a good movie. Oh, <laughs> not not a disliked movie either <laughs> sort of grown and in, in, uh, a lot of cult uh, uh popular certainly has gained a cult following yeah, which you. i which i find, the I, haters still hate it i i find it surprising it's not, it wasn't even that hated it wasn't it's it doesn't have the same cult appeal that only god forgives now has
0: but this and his uh his prior movie i have by the way my notes are in pieces now i can't read the notes i had notes that i you're, wanted you're to read up, but both only for God forgives and this were both cheered and booed at Cannes. Yeah. There were massive boos, massive walkouts, but also standing ovations. And I think like that's about right. But like that's also like what he's tried to do and I guess more credit to him than Yeah. Good, great. You made a movie about vampire models.
1: Yeah. I like a movie that gives me something, man. <laughs> I, took, I took something <laughs> away from this movie, whether it was a visceral experience or, or, or a pleasantly twisted story that I was very, very entertained by. Not necessarily even the messages, even though I guess you could take some stuff away from it. I cer- certainly... I don't know. <laughs> you could say you learn something about it's the, one
0: thing if the subtext is there and yeah. you find it later. But this is a movie that is on the nose in terms of its subtext.
1: Like it, there's it, he's Im- definitely
0: trying to say something very obviously throughout the entire thing. There's
1: there's imagery here and there that requires a little bit of thought, I suppose. But I'm not as interested in that. It's, it's clearly it's more so for, for me personally. It's just like in the same way I watch. I don't know. I watch Pacific Rim and I have fun. It's very, very much the same way here. Yeah, you find this escapism. Yeah, okay, fine. Sure. Yeah.
0: I get it. Uh, sex with a dead body, though?
1: Yeah. <laughs> sex with a dead body?
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. Jenna Malone just humping a dead
1: body? Hey, she went there, didn't she? That's insane. <laughs> she went there. <laughs> yeah. Necrophilia. And fitting for the movie with everything that it's getting It at, was. With, with, the, with the, the sex and the violence and how that blends together and how it kind of warps these characters' perception of themselves and their crazy fashion industry. I just took
0: it as like Jenna Malone was horny and so she wanted to have sex with something and the dead body was there. Yeah, but that's
1: a that's a, a plebeian's view of it, Nico. Oh, me, right. Me of me course, me I, to, I haven't have really I haven't studied it. the yeah, film yeah, exactly close enough. I haven't given it the whole Pauline Kael treatment. <laughs> I, I, I would I really dug deep here. I guess I would I would have an issue with it if it felt out of place or inconsistent and it doesn't at all. It's it's it's, it's okay, by, very by that logic that,
0: nothing in this movie would feel out
1: of place. <laughs> there, there is nothing that could happen on screen that would be like ah you know this it, might be a step too far if frogs fell from the sky it'd be out of place <laughs> no nah, it wouldn't yes it, it would. would make th- yes it
0: would jenna malone fucking eats l fanning bathes in her blood and then several hours later there's a scene of her spreading her legs in an explicit fashion and blood begins gushing from yeah. her nether regions that's true Nothing is out of place.
1: Nothing's out of place. <laughs> Again, no, that fits very, very clearly in, in like those 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 uh like like the DNA of this world just being infused with sex and violence though. It still fits. Yeah, I get it. I'm, he's, fi- I'm he's, fine with it. He's a horny violent man, that Nicholas Winning Ruffin. I don't know why this movie bothers you so much. It's in in, in a way <laughs> What do you mean? I don't know why it bothers you so much. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing these podcasts for so long. We've been doing why is this a thing? <laughs> This really gets <laughs> under do you your skin. What does it bother me? Why does it get under your skin so much? Who cares? What's the big deal? Why is it? <laughs> I- I'm looking at this very honestly, actually.
0: <laughs> you know why? It's provocation for provocation's sake.
1: That's why. Is it? Yeah. Is it or is yeah. it for artistic sake? Ex- you know, is it a means of expression? Yeah, for Well, maybe director? those are one
0: and the same thing. Yeah, okay, maybe.
1: that's a film. Maybe. <laughs> It doesn't mean it's not a blast. This movie's so much fun.
0: It looks like when, you know, when you used to go to like 3d movies in the theater and you would just watch it without the 3d glasses, the red or blue 3d glasses. Mm-hmm. That's what this movie looks like.
1: <laughs> it's like you're, it's a 3d movie, but you're not wearing the glasses. Well, you wouldn't be able to see anything. So it's just is the issue. Sure. But it's all just red and blue. No, no, it's red, blue, yellow, purple, white. Yeah. There's some white. I, I think there's a ton of, uh, uh, color here. There's some white. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! It's so annoying. It just gets on my nerves. It gets on your nerves, but it's not bad. It gets on my nerves. <laughs> I'm sorry, it doesn't work for you, Nico. But that doesn't mean it's bad. <laughs> How about this, Nico? You're think. I'm thinking. Vending things is not an objectively bad movie, but it doesn't work for me. Does that make you feel any better?
0: <laughs> the lion really was like, what? Seriously. It's
1: a cougar or a mountain lion. You can call it a mountain lion. I'm a fucking bond. lion in the hotel room. <laughs> What's the issue with that? Oh, man. Keanu's <laughs> in this movie playing against type. Like, I God, love Keanu. so hard. God, I love Keanu. He's trying so fucking hard.
0: He's good in this. He's trying so hard to get under my skin in this movie, Ruffin is.
1: Do you have an issue with Keanu in this? The music's great, too, by the way. Fucking love it. No, Keanu's
0: fun, I suppose. I don't know. love the music. Like, whatever. Didn't like
1: seeing El Fanning get eaten. So Elle Fanning
0: was actually 16 years old when she shot this movie. And that makes me very uncomfortable because she's very sexualized in this movie. Kind of did not care for that. It's (laughs) a scene where she strips down naked. Nothing is shown, but she's still nude.
1: Well, she's not actually stripping down naked. I'm sure didn't care for it. You don't see anything. (laughs) (laughs) Now that actually does, interestingly enough, say something about the industry and the perverted qualities and sort of how the, the, the men treat the women it, regardless of 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 age or creed or anything like that it's just they're they're just they're just used as props for their pictures you know that was a disturbing scene. i love that that's that's one of the more genuinely affecting scenes in a way where like oh, you start to associate it with real life in a way that some of the other scenes don't quite get you know but, but that, but that varies in quality. You're working overtime today.
0: And for that, I appreciate so, it. I appreciate you. For what do you bunch. mean? You're just working overtime. What today. does that mean? I'm working. Nah, overtime. you're just, you know, you might as well be his PR representative Reffin, right now. <laughs> you're really, you're like Kelly McEnany right now trying to justify <laughs> Trump's COVID response. I think I'm doing a good job. No, you're doing great. <laughs> you're hired. I think I'm you're, doing a pretty good job. You're hired. Job. you're, you're, you're really doing great stuff.
1: But scenes like that—it's the conversation in 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 the diner, or talking about like what people value and whether or not beauty is really all that matters.
0: Oh, that scene was so annoying.
1: Oh, I love that scene. Oh, God. It's 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 really upsetting, but it's actually you know there is unfortunately a degree of truth to it, and I quite like that. Yeah. You know? And every everything, <laughs> everything that goes on at the beginning with Christina Hendricks Hendrix- Hendrix's character—can never say her name. I love the little detail where she comes out and she just scanning the models and just looks at one and says you can go <laughs> that's such a depressing little moment for her too there's a lot of great details with how it paints this this industry as this weird twisted violent uh society it certainly owns owns up that entire uh uh idea i love my god i love the modeling scene where they're all kind of sitting around and the guy's doing the same thing not paying attention to a single one of them and then you see uh Ab- abby lee's character go and do her walk and it's just perfect and the guy's like uh-uh and then when Elle Fanning does it, it's like they, there's something about it, and it's like was that better? But for some reason, to this guy, it just was, and I just love that little distinction there. <laughs> Says a lot about the the strange uh, ambiguity or enigmatic qualities to to everything that that's going on in the fashion industry. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I, I take a l I do take a surprising amount away from this cool. movie. Okay. But most of the time, yes, I'm just having fun. Right. Most of the time. <laughs> Really good movie. I highly, recommend it. I highly recommend all these movies. Oh, uh, the Neon David. All right. Each good. one of these movies are great. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Are we done? Yeah.
0: All right. Congratulations to Drive. Welcome to the movie <laughs> hall of fame. Yeah. Sure. sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We're sort of breaking into this, universe, but that's okay. It's it old enough. Yeah. Old enough. All right. Not getting it? No. That that's 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 good. Are you okay? Yeah. I'm. I'm all right. here's here and again i'm okay (laughs) here's the issue what we're gonna be talking about pink panther and we're gonna be like yeah it's good it's good it's good it's good not as interesting of a conversation as this at least these movies got us talking (laughs) certainly (laughs) all right next up (laughs) wes anderson (laughs) (laughs) i'm very happy we did this Wow, it's about time, and I'm glad you liked uh, uh, the majority of these. I need a drink. That's good. I need a drink. I can't believe that the neon David affected you that much. Come on, man, really, really?
0: <laughs> no, by the end of it, I was rolling my eyes. Honestly, like I, I was rolling my eyes. I thought, yeah, this is horrible, but what was it all for? Mm. And I just imagined you and some other straw man somewhere having a good laugh at my expense. Mm. And that angered me more.
1: There is a lot of built in factors that go into why you don't like Reffin. though. It's partly him. It's also his fan base. It's you really as well. And it it's is. me, but the, well, I'm, I, <laughs> I'm I, projecting quite I, a bit. <laughs> I guess I'm the fan base, but this is what I'm talking about though. The, the, the biggest thing you need to work on is trying to get that stuff out of the way. Yeah, I'm working I, on I, it. Man. I really do. Cause I'm working it, on it. it. it it sometimes hurts your experiences. You should have had a wonderful time watching the neon demon. Yeah. I will say this. The neon demon is a better movie than only God forgives. There's a better movie. I don't think that's objectively true. Okay. I, I've jumped back and forth. With I think only two. God forgives is seriously a mess. I think it's really a mess. I just don't agree with that at all. And I, 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 I do think you need to do some further soul searching, but well, I've seen it more than you. That's <laughs> so, true. So there's that. That's true. All right, fine. Uh,
0: you know what you also need to do? You need to do that Too Old to Die Young miniseries. Yeah. You need to fucking
1: put your money where your mouth is and just do it. I might, yeah. I'm trying to finish up The Boys. Uh, I got to watch The Pink Panther. I got to watch a bunch of other movies. There's just so much stuff I need to watch. A lot of stuff happening right now. Honestly, though, no. the only the thing that's keeping me away from it is how long it is. I know. I am not as interested in watching that much television
0: that's the thing well he of course calls it a 10-hour movie you know the directors speak these days and you know he evidently spits in the face of a lot of television conventions like that is a movie that is similar to twin peaks the return very slow very unconventional it's storytelling non-linear um although it doesn't have the heart that lynch i think brings to his movies and shows but we'll see i i I'd like your review. Maybe I'll watch an episode. No, you won't. It'll take me three days, but maybe I'll watch an <laughs> <laughs> So, Pink Panther is next week. Five Pink Panther movies. Yes. Next week. Okay. Uh, the uh, Trial of the Chicago 7 came out today on Netflix. Any interest in that?
1: I guess. Yeah? Uh, I guess I'll watch it. Should we review it? Maybe. Does it seem like a good one? Maybe. I've heard a lot of mixed things online. Okay, so I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. I've heard (laughs) a lot of things. I'm being into the ground by twenty twenty. I just want to watch good stuff. Yeah.
0: I've heard critics love it, and then a lot of people on Twitter just eye roll
1: emoji. Is it like a green book effect? Yeah. And that's what it seems like. Okay.
0: Maybe. We'll see. I don't know. That's coming up. On the Rocks is coming up, Sophia Coppola next week. Okay. So maybe we'll like combine that
1: into a
0: podcast. I don't know. We'll talk about
1: it. Were we ever going to do a trap mask replica review? Oh, right. We were going to do that at some point. I would love to just... Let's be unconventional. Movie (laughs) Hall of Fame. Trout mask replica. Let's go. (laughs) We'll talk about that
0: sometime soon. Okay. Don't worry. But let's focus on Peter Sellers and the Pink Panther next week. Okay. I love it. All right. right. I love you all so very, very much. Thanks for joining. Thanks for
1: sitting through this very intense therapy session. I was just about to say, this was (laughs) such therapy. Very much for me. I'm very happy right now. I feel like a new man. You, I mean... Uh, I don't know how you're feeling. Not well. Are you okay? but Do you need a different dose I, of therapy? I need a drink is what <laughs> I need. I need it to be a hard one.
0: <laughs> Until next time
1: That's an impressive set of guns you got there. You must be handy in a ball.